As Winnipeg's official Twitter account put it, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. You can probably guess which one the Jets were as they fell to the Minnesota Wild 6-1 in what would be best described as a hockey game that happened. Uh, Rick Bonus won't be happy with his performance. He won't like the compete level or the effort, and he's got a lot of work to do to prepare the Jets before Friday's matchup against the Stars. We'll talk about what went wrong and what the Jets can learn from on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Harrison Lee. I'm an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow my personal social medias and our account at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter, as well as it at, at HL Living Loco. As always, thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. As always, we just really love and appreciate your support and hope that you will hit that subscribe button to get the latest updates on all things Winnipeg. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, on tonight's episode, obviously, uh, you know, this is Friday. Uh, We're skipping past American Thanksgiving. I'm celebrating it, so... I don't know how many of you listening are, but hopefully you are having a rest of holiday. And if you are not, um, well, either way, hope that your end of the week is going well and that you're excited about Friday. Obviously, this evening, the Jets will be taking on the Dallas Stars. And after Wednesday's outing uh, against the Minnesota Wild, you might be wondering if it's something that's actually worth getting excited about. So the Jets, uh, every year, apparently, you know, they're they're starting this trend recently of going to the Excel Center during the American Thanksgiving holiday and around Black Friday. Last year the Jets got absolutely smoked like seven to two. Winnipeg again fell six to one. And in these games, it just feels like the Jets don't know what's going on, which is kind of weird because you know the Jets over the past few weeks have generally been pretty decent. I think aside from that 10 minutes where uh Rick kind of made a tactical miscalculation and he actually said as much. Um, he said he would have played the the matchups differently with, you know, which lines he rolled out to defend the three nothing lead against Carolina. You know, that was a pretty strong game from the Jets overall. And I thought, you know, they shut down Carolina. They did a really good job uh, muting that offense other than, you know, those moments where they stopped rotating the bottom lines. But otherwise, that was a really reassuring performance. And I thought, you know, coming into Minnesota, here's a struggling wild team. This is a great road game for the Jets to potentially get two points out of. And instead, as soon as the puck dropped, you could just kind of tell what kind of direction this game was going. And it wasn't a fun one for Winnipeg. Uh, The Jets basically just got laughed out of Minnesota, and nothing they did really seemed to last. Anytime the Jets would do any sort of offensive zone possession, eventually somebody would turn it over, miss a pass, um, skate into opposing defenders, and lose possession. I mean, it was just a, yeah, it was a bit of a disaster class, if we're being honest. I'm trying to be... Um, as generous as possible in the description of this game. But, 
you know, Winnipeg has very rarely been unwatchable this season. I would say overall, Winnipeg has been a lot more fun to view this year, but this was one of those rare unwatchable games. And the only watchable parts kind of happened at points where the Jets were already too far behind. Now, once they were like down three, nothing, or I don't even know, four, nothing. I forget what the exact progression was, but you know, finally the Jets managed to hit pay dirt. KFC and Pierre-Luc Dubois had been very active all night, and KFC ended up uh, cashing in a nice rebound opportunity for a goal. He thought, you know, he already had a chance that he probably could have scored on just at the post on a rebound chance. So, you know, he was a little bit cursed. Dubois was crashing the net pretty effectively all night as well. But aside from that spark, which I think the Jets were at that point down three nothing, there just wasn't enough happening. You know, you start into the second or the the third period. Uh, Winnipeg conceded a fourth goal. I think this one was Kirill Kaprizov who collected an opportunity for a uh, a power play goal. And so, anytime the Jets would start to build momentum immediately, they would have something that would take away from it. I think the most pressure the Jets had was around the time that KFC scored. And that was for like a solid five to 10 minutes. And then after that, the Jets just kind of chased the game and things continued to melt down in the third period. So yeah, Winnipeg, uh, (laughs) I think what's really going to piss Bones off the most is that it just felt like at no point were the Jets ever really comfortable or even aware of what was going on. If you told them that puck drop had already happened, uh, I wonder if some of the guys would be surprised. Now, that's, you know, being a bit facetious. The Jets have had slow starts before. That's nothing new. But I think the Jets not even looking like they stepped off the bus. That is a rare occurrence. But I think it's something that we should be used to because, let's be real, this stuff happened all the time under Maurice over the last few years. I think this is probably the most, uh, you know, past Jets appearance that we've seen from the team this year. Uh, I, I think Winnipeg every now and then is going to have these games where they have, um, you know, a throwback night, right? The the Minnesota Wild were wearing their retro reverse jerseys. Maybe Winnipeg thought that meant they should turn back the clock on their own on-ice performances. They were uh, pretty darn atrocious. But you know what? It is what it is. Like I said, when there's like a really great game like against the Dallas Stars, at the end of the day, this is one game. And I think that's fortunate because, you know, you've got 81 other games to sort of sort out. And thus far, Winnipeg is now sitting at 11-6-1, which is pretty darn good. And when you look around the league from Wednesday's action, you know what? It was an embarrassing result, but a lot of the really unexpected underdogs ended up winning their games. Vancouver beat um, beat uh, Colorado, uh, especially on the road for Vancouver, which is kind of nuts. Anaheim beat the Rangers. Um, Buffalo dismantled the, the Blues. So, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I guess the most surprising result probably was Arizona smacking down Carolina, but you know, I'm sure the jets still won't take a lot of solace in that, but at least when it comes to losing ground in the central Winnipeg really didn't have coming up from behind to beat the Chicago's six to four, but I mean, Dallas is already in first, so there's not really any ground lost. Uh, I'm sure the jets are just happy to, at least still be in the top three for now. I mean, this has been a pretty consistent level of performance from the Jets. Uh, their goal differential did take a bit of a hit this game. Apologies, folks, we might have just dropped out there. I was just saying 
Uh, Winnipeg is still in third in the division. They're probably happy and relieved about that. Goal differential might have taken a bit of a hit, but, you know, it is what it is. The Jets are just hoping to keep a hold of this top three spot, and they have a, a big opportunity this week to kind of rebound and get ready for a big Dallas Stars game, the final game that these two teams will play for the remainder of the season. We'll talk about what bonus might tweak ahead of this game and what the Jets still need to really be competitive this year in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all of the sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis you need this season. Whether you're looking for professional or amateur sports, they've got everything from football, basketball, soccer, esports, automotive racing, even horse racing if you follow the Triple Crown. They've also got, you know, European football. I'm personally a big German soccer fan, so you'll hear me talking about that all the time. But, you know, for those of you who want to stick to hockey, well, they've got all the Winnipeg Jets bets and odds you could possibly need. And if you're wanting a bit of a break from uh, sports betting, they've also got Vegas casino games. But BetOnline doesn't want to just offer online betting. They've also got things like great sports podcasts, news articles, and insight and analysis from their cast of experts. So if you're ready to get started, register for a free account right now at BetOnline.net on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Obviously, we're taking a look at Winnipeg ahead of the matchup with the Dallas Stars. Uh, you know, the, the Stars are a really strong team, and I think the Jets, after such a disappointing game against the Minnesota Wild, they've got to rebound really quickly, right? Before we talk about what the Jets might be doing before they uh, face off against a really deep Dallas team on the road. I just wanted to recommend that you make your second listen of the day locked on sports today. It brings you the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports and helps you go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with our local experts who provide insights that only locked on can give you. Be sure to follow and subscribe to locked on sports today on all of your favorite podcasts and YouTube. As always, it is free and thank you so much for your support. Now, circling back to uh, Winnipeg versus Dallas, obviously the Stars kind of have some similarities to the Wild. I think one thing we've seen with the Jets is that when you have teams that use a lot of interference, uh, really like to block off those skating lanes and stuff, the Jets often have issues dealing with that. It's kind of expressed itself in you know the Jets struggling to beat low blocks, neutral zone traps, different things like that. Anytime a team interferes with Winnipeg's general flow, the Jets seemingly struggle to piece it apart. And I don't know if that's something Winnipeg is necessarily going to be able to fix with even trades this year. I think it's more of like a tactical mindset and how Winnipeg slows down the game. One thing that I do think the Jets have really struggled with this year is passing. Passing is, you know, a fundamental part of the game, but in a lot of ways, I think the way that the you know the Jets are passing these days often puts their passes at risk, which is why you know one reason I was really advocating to bring Heinola in. I think you saw with some of the stuff that he did on Wednesday, you know, not everything worked out for him, but some of that long stretch passing, his up ice vision, and where he was actually moving the puck to. Those are traits that not enough players in Winnipeg have. Uh, Shifley's got it. Dubois got it. Uh, Kyle Connor can often do this sort of stuff. Wheeler, when he's doing it on the power play, is pretty effective at this. Um, Morrissey can definitely do it too. 
But you start going down the list and you start realizing that there aren't as many players who are capable of consistently distributing. And that's especially true on the back end. So I, I think the Jets are really hurting without DeMello to at least bring some defensive stability. I imagine Dylan will be in on Friday. He's predicted to be healthy, I guess. Uh, Bonus was alluding to that as much in Wednesday's press conference. But, you know, who do you take out, right? And I think the, the, the question for me is not so much who do you take out, but who do you trade? I think the Jets really do need forward help. And I think I've been saying it for a long time. I know that there were some people who were like, well, it's just one performance, right? Or, or a game here where the Jets get shut out or don't score that often. But it's not, right? We've been saying a lot of this since the offseason. Winnipeg's forward depth definitely needs help because there are some very specific skill sets that the Jets just they're lacking. I think transition skating is one of the biggest ones. Ehlers being out has been a real bummer. And while Sam Gagne is filling in as best he can on the first line, it's not quite enough, if we're being honest. Uh, Sam is doing a great job in his role, but what Ehlers brought to this team and how he created space, we just haven't really had a chance to replace. So I think, you know, Bones in the meantime is going to try to fashion a roster out of this. One switch that he did make that I thought had some decent results was switching Connor and Shifley, which he's, or not Connor, but uh, Dubois and Shifley, which he's done once or twice before. Uh, so you had Connor, Dubois, and Gagne, and then Perfetti, Shifley, and Wheeler. Now, I think I would actually make another switch somewhere. I think, you know, as much as we all love Blake, he's just not really keeping up as well as he used to. Uh, and I think Wheeler could honestly do with some reduced minutes. I mean, at even strength, he's just running out of gas. And you saw towards the end of the game on Wednesday, you know, when he was already frustrated and kind of in his own head and struggling to keep up, he had a really nasty turnover in front of Hellebuck and that immediately, immediately turned into like a three on O. And of course, Minnesota scored on it. Right. So um, I think for the Jets to really make the most of that top six, they've got us, you know, get a little bit of a little bit of speed and skill. So maybe actual Janssen Fialbi might be worth promoting. I, I don't know that it's really the most ideal situation, but that right side right now is very vulnerable. Uh, and as much as Wheeler has been trying to keep up and contribute, you can just tell it's it's difficult for him right now. And I think the Jets really should give him a little more support and hopefully help him find a role that's more suited to where he is right now, which I think would be, you know, kind of a ground and pound third line role. I think alongside Lowry, he would probably thrive on the forecheck. I think that that version of him can still be very effective. I think that there's a great role for him. If he were to play with Lowry and Manalainen, I think that they could cause a ton of chaos inside the offensive zone and uh, hopefully just be a bunch of wrecking balls. But, you know, the Jets probably won't do that. I think Bones might still go back to the usual lineups anyways. You know, we might see Connor Shifley and Gagne again, which hopefully is a good lineup. But I think this is starting to show that the Jets are really stretched thin for how many line combos they can really fashion out of this team. It's just that they really need to trade for like forward talent because guys aren't getting healthy fast enough and the players that are returning are probably not going to move the needle to where the Jets are able to successfully compete. So, you know, it is time to start talking about some bigger acquisitions and one player that I thought would be worth spotlighting and one that has seemingly gained a lot of interest lately is Bo Horvat. We'll talk about what Winnipeg might be thinking with this one and if it's actually realistic and whether or not Horvat actually makes a lot of sense for the Jets in just a little bit.
Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up real quick this evening with uh, some thoughts on Bo Horvat, who, you know, for me is one of those players that I think will be extremely expensive at the trade deadline. And while I don't love every part of his his game, I think he's the kind of player that realistically Winnipeg needs. Uh, this guy, you know, I've talked about him before on a previous episode talking about players that the Jets could realistically acquire. Let's assume that the Jets are are looking for a really elite rental, somebody who could potentially be extended if, say, Dubois were to leave, um, and who brings like one of the best shots in the NHL right now. That's Bo Horvat. I mean, Horvat has been an elite finisher this year. He's been in almost all of the most dangerous scoring areas. And while his game is a little bit limited to primarily being uh, a, a clinical finisher, right? I still think that skill set has been so valuable to where the Jets would probably pay almost anything to have it. I think the Jets, they they definitely could use playmaking and transition ability, which I don't know if Horvat is nearly as good at. I, I tend to see his game as a little bit more of being uh, the sort of poaching goal scorer, not in the the, the soccer sense, because that's usually a player who doesn't really move a lot and who is very... I would say fixed in inside that scoring area. Horvat's a lot more mobile than that, but I think Bo, in terms of like his contribution to build up and stuff, he's not quite like a Nikolai Ehlers. But I think if you surround him with the right players, Horvat's going to absolutely rip it apart with this Jets team. And if you were to acquire him, it would definitely take a first, uh, a pretty good prospect, uh, maybe a second prospect, and probably even a depth pick of some sort. So this is the kind of package where we're, we're starting to talk about Heinola at first, etc. And for me, I, I have a lot of mixed thoughts on that because on the one hand, I would pay that if I thought Hor, you know, Horvat was actually staying and there was a realistic chance that the Jets could resign him. But, you know, Bo's going to ask for at least nine plus. Uh, what, this is already his 16th goal he's got this year. He just scored it against Colorado. And this is what... Um, just about 20 games into the season. There are very few players who are pacing at a, a goal per game almost right now. And Horvat has been absolutely shredding goalies left and right. And finishing in this league is obviously one of the most important skill sets. It's also one of the rarest. And I think that's why in a lot of areas, Horvat is, is just going to be priced out for the Jets. I've always maintained that Connor Garland is the guy that I think makes the most sense. Uh, an outside shot that I haven't talked about in a while is Brock Besser. Now, I've heard from one or two Canucks fans that Besser, his wrist might be shot and the way that he plays might not really be worth taking on the risk of him not being a particularly productive scorer. He's only got two goals this year, uh, but he has racked up a number of assists. And so I'm curious to know just how bad his his shooting ability is. Uh, he's got like a six and a half percent shooting percentage, which is, you know, pretty darn low for being honest. And, you know, Brock in the past used to be such a clinical finisher. I, I don't know where he is at this stage of his career. Um, all of the upper body injuries that he's had, they have definitely taken a toll. I think he's had some really nasty shoulder stuff. So, you know, Brock is a player that I, I very much enjoy watching. And I think he could potentially be what the Jets are interested in, especially if they're looking for somebody who's a little more versatile than just an elite finisher. He probably wouldn't be as expensive, but part of the reason is 
you're not going to get quite the same player that you're looking for with Horvat's elite scoring ability. So something to consider. Uh, I think the Canucks are probably the most likely scenario for um, a valid trade partner for the Jets to replenish their scoring ability. But whether or not that really fits their current and longer term plans, I don't know. We'll see, though. I, I hope the Jets make some really good choices and bring in uh, a really nice forward from somewhere, especially a top six guy. The Jets could really use it. Even a top nine player or two would really help. But, you know, until then, we're just kind of have to hope that the Jets are able to vibes their way to another victory. Hopefully dismantle the stars on uh, this evening and and show Dallas that Winnipeg is capable of rebounding and being resilient after such a putrid loss against the Wild. But I'd be curious to know your thoughts on all of this. Let me know what you think of Winnipeg's upcoming game against the Stars. And if you think Vancouver is truly the right trade partner for the Jets in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It features the biggest stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, and our famous take of the day. It's available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!